This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. You ready to talk turkey here? Tonight on the Sunday Night Health Show, the show that is all about health. Maybe you're a little stuffed. Uh, tonight, uh, after a big turkey dinner today, and that's okay because we're going to talk about exercise on the program tonight, in addition to health and sex, which I always talk about. And that is the cue to send the relatives home and put the children to bed. Welcome to the Sunday Night Health Show. This is Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse and a nurse continence advisor. I'm also a sexual health educator. I appreciate evidence informed information on health and sex. And given that it is Thanksgiving, Andrew, I thought we'd start out with a bit of a blessing tonight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You won't find me complaining. What I wish for people, I wish you simplicity and abundance. I wish you the agency to be kind to one another and the capacity to love yourself. I wish you time, time with family and friends, for it is our only commodity. I wish you appreciation for the love of your family and the value of friends. I wish you the ability to share your wealth, whatever that wealth may be. For when you share, it honestly comes back in droves. Most of all, I wish you peace of mind as you sow gratitude for all of the goodness in life. Bless you. (laughs) I just hope that your turkey was moist. That's my biggest thing. I just hope that you had a darn good turkey. If you had a turkey, if you didn't have a turkey, that's okay. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I know not everybody has turkey on Thanksgiving. Some people celebrate with ham. Or the tofurkey. The tofurkey, absolutely. I do not subscribe to. I I personally do a turkey and a ham. I'm kind of a... A lot of people do that. Like mega protein, just... I like a turkey and I like it big. Do you do you do a just do you do a do you, how do you do your do you do like a honey ham or do you do like a pineapple ham or I actually have a great ham recipe and Ooh. this is for parties this is and you a know what party ham whoa <laughs> this sounds like I'm actually you know I'm I'm probably people are probably thinking I'm the most unpopular loser out there <laughs> here I am on Thanksgiving doing the show and if they didn't think that before they will think that now when I tell them what I bring to big parties where there's going to be a lot of drinking and and I'll say. I'm going to bring the ham. And people are like, ham? That just sounds so strange. But at about 11.30, when people are starving, 11.30 at night, I bring out the ham. And I stick it in the oven. I stick some pineapple from a can all in it with the toothpicks and some mustard and just some buns, those potato buns. And that's it. And so it's this hot ham. People are drunk. (laughs) It's a hot ham. And they. it is the biggest crowd pleaser. I mean, I can cook. This takes nothing, but this is the biggest crowd pleaser I have ever made. That sounds so good. It's actually so good and so simple. Like 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 four and a half odd beers in, that sounds like an ideal meal. Doesn't Not gonna that? Lie. Doesn't that? And people are sitting all over the stairs and all over the place yep. and they've had a little bit too much to drink. And it, you know, maybe it'll absorb some of the alcohol, maybe it won't, but you know, makes you feel good. Exactly. And that's what counts. <laughs> and that's all that counts, exactly. <laughs> so whatever you had to eat today, if you were so fortunate to have had a nice meal, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, so thanks for being here with me on the Sunday Night Health Show. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse, nurse continence advisor, sexual health educator. We talk about everything on the show. And tonight we're going to talk about exercise for caregivers, people who are taking care of others in their loved ones, perhaps, who may have Alzheimer's or dementia, because that is a very stressful task in life. And the people who are caring for people with those 
conditions are getting younger and younger all the time. And so this study actually really revealed the benefit of exercise, if I haven't told you about that in the past. We're going to be talking about thyroid disorders and sex. I actually think I have hypothyroidism myself (laughs) after researching it a little bit. Turkey basters, of course. No, I'm kidding. But I do have a prize that looks like a turkey baster that I'm going to give out a little bit. People pleasers. Uh, New drugs approved in Canada. The imposter... Syndrome. Do you ever feel like an imposter? And um, as I bang away on the microphone, um, ADHD. And thanks to a listener, we're going to talk a little bit about ADHD, concussion, and suicide or death by suicide, and also the lasting consequence of sexual assault. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about the great divide in the U.S. We had a, you know, the last couple of weeks have been, um, you know, has raised the conversation about sexual assault. Uh, you know, to do we to believe to not to believe. Uh, Susan Collins uh, has really, you know, she's the ultimate uh, gender traitor, shall we say? Uh, and you know, I think it was uh, it had to have been. Um, uh, a media message that they were all to say, all the Republicans to, were to say, we believed Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. However, we just don't think she was sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, and so the political chicken continues. We did see a, an extremely conservative uh, justice penetrate the Supreme Court in the U.S. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's 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 tough times for a lot of people because that subject of sexual assault triggered so many people and a lot of women had a lot of problems uh, around it. Uh, you know, women were particularly enraged about this. Now we know for sure there is a huge issue of uh, sexual assault in workplaces, uh, sexual abuse in, in homes, on the street. And, you know, women have historically not reported, and I understand why they don't report. They feel they won't be believed. They may have had a glass or two of alcohol. They are ashamed. They were a place where they weren't supposed to be, where their parents didn't know they were going to be. They feel guilt. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that protecting these men all these years has served us well, ladies. And I do hope, and I know it's really difficult, and look at what Dr. Christine Blasey Ford did and what she went through, but I do believe she she ignited the or reignited the Me Too movement and the conversation around this, and I think this is an extremely important subject. I saw something on Twitter, and it was about a woman who had was selling a washing machine. I mean, I mean every, tonight I had to jaywalk to avoid a guy, okay? This is our life. This is the life of, of a woman. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to walk into this building, you know, and put my pass in and, and squeeze through the door because there was a guy behind me that was just a little bit too close. Uh, tonight I had to jaywalk because... It there was a guy who was just a little bit too creepy. And there was a woman on uh, Twitter and she was selling a washing machine. I can relate to this one because I had a few free things to give away. Uh, but she was selling a washing machine. And so, uh, you know, people called and said they wanted to come. And she said, fine, but just come when my husband is home. And, and so this one guy said, okay, sure, he would. And she gave the time and the guy turned up 15 minutes late and he said, she said, can you come back when my husband is here? And he said, "Um, okay. And they said, can I just look at the washing machine just to make sure that I want it? And she kind of sized him up and he was in his 60s or 70s. And she thought, oh, you know what? I mean, 60s or 70s, is he really going to harm me? Whatever. She shows him the washing machine. Then he talks her into lifting up the washing machine with her and going up the stairs. And then she said halfway up the stairs, she was between the washing machine and the wall. And he had that look on his face. 
face. And and somehow she mustered up some courage. They they moved the washing machine up the stairs and she ran to the front of her house and yelled, honey, the guy's here to get the washing machine. And the guy left her house. He darted outside of her house. Was he really going to buy her washing machine? I doubt it. We women make those decisions all the time. I've been talking to you about my declutterer that I've had in the last few weeks, decluttering my house. And I had a few things to give away. And my declutterer said, put them on Craigslist. And I said, okay, but let's use an alias, you know, without thinking, let's use an alias, I said. And I used like Beth or something and, and not even realizing that I should give a man's name. And no sooner did the ad go up than, you know, 10, 15 messages. Hi, honey. Oh, is your bureau still available? Oh, hello, dear. And I just said, forget this, take it off. And we're, I'm, I'm throwing it away. I wasn't even going to waste any time, any more time on that. Uh, it is so creepy. And, you know, sometimes you can't always have a man around uh, to help you with that. And so we're always working, you know, to protect ourselves and uh, to prevent a sexual assault from happening. And, you know, it's just, it's just so, you know, I really think this is going to impact sex in our lives. This is going to impact our relationships with men in the, in the world. And, you know, first of all, as I've said in the past, I'm sure that women are going to be too busy making signs and protesting uh, to deal with, the, with um, what has just happened at the Supreme Court. Uh, but also, I think that... Um, you know, women are fed up. You know, there's a lot of abuse that goes on. There's a lot of verbal abuse. There's a lot of emotional abuse. I see so many patients in my clinical practice who are who are abusing one another, verbally abusing one another. There is frustration beyond the pale going on with how some men treat some women. This is not about all men, but this is about even one man, it's devastating when one man screams at you, loses their cool, cannot apologize. And it's, you know, women can become extremely frustrated. And a lot of women stay in these relationships. And, you know, it's hard to go for an, any one of a number of reasons. You can think that if you go, something will happen. You might perceive your partner as having mental illness. I mean, there are just so many different reasons. And that's why peace of mind is so important. And, and your own agency, and your own self-confidence... And, and we're going to go to the break. If you have any questions at all, you can call me. Uh, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898 or 1-877-399-9898. You can always email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com, nursetalk at hotmail.com, and you can text me as well, 604-449-8459. But when I come back, I want to talk to you about what I think is at the core of male violence against women. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening on Turkey Day, on Thanksgiving, the day we are grateful for everything we have. I want to talk a little bit about a very well-timed study that shows the lasting consequences of sexual assault. And then I want to tell you what I think is at the core of all this. If you have any questions at all, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. So JAMA Internal Medicine uh, published this week 
a study about the impact, the lasting impact of sexual assault and harassment on middle-aged women's mental and physical health. The timing, of course, is remarkable given what had gone on and all of the controversy surrounding the Kavanaugh Supreme Court hearings, and specifically allegations that he assaulted Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who's 53, when both of them were in high school. In this study, the researchers surveyed 304 women. They were all non-smokers, and the reason that they were non-smokers is that they wanted to make sure that any changes in uh, their cardiovascular health could not be attributed to the fact that they smoked cigarettes. These women were between the ages of 14, I mean of 40, sorry, 40 and 60, 19% of whom reported a history of workplace sexual harassment and 22% of whom reported a history of sexual assault. Now, keep in mind, both figures are significantly lower than the national estimates, which are more closely to 40 to 75% of women having experienced workplace sexual harassment and 36% having experienced sexual assault. Previous research has established a link between sexual harassment and or assault with poor health comes in, uh, health outcomes in women, but this was uh, these, these studies relied on self-report of the individual's health. In this particular study, the researchers assessed participants' health themselves by measuring their blood pressure, discussing what medications they were taking, and their medical history, etc. And this allowed for a more comprehensive understanding of the event's specific impact. The study's authors found that both workplace sexual harassment and sexual assault had lasting negative effects on a woman's health. Women who reported having experienced workplace sexual harassment had significantly higher blood pressure, which places them at greater risk for stroke and early death, and they also suffered significantly lower sleep quality than women who didn't. The former group was also more likely to suffer from hypertension. So women who reported having experienced sexual assault were more likely to suffer from depression and or anxiety than those who didn't, and they were also determined to have poorer sleep quality. So this will affect your blood pressure and your sleep quality as you age. This may have occurred, uh, and it it is not limited to um, girls and women in their teens and 20s and 30s and 40s. Uh, You know, at every single decade, women can be sexually harassed and, and certainly sexually assaulted as well. Um, this experimental group is a very good case scenario because of the fact that they chose, as I mentioned, the non-smokers. So that risk factor eliminated the likelihood that those negative health effects would be amplified. Uh, you know, also by surveying participants who volunteered to share their difficult experiences, they were also limited to only the best adjusted, best supported survivors. If So, for example, if we have a woman who's highly educated, married, upper middle class, much like Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, uh, who still experiences hypertension and sleep issues or trauma symptoms decades after the assault, what would the effects of those, uh, that trauma be on somebody who did not have the resources at their disposal or who were more marginalized or didn't have um, you know, enough money to pay for health care, especially in the U.S. What I think is at the root of all of this is, you know, first of all, I want to say that I get a lot of messages from many men expressing gratitude for the work that I do. And these are mostly self-proclaimed sexually unfulfilled men, or I can just tell they're not having sex in their relationship. Sex is about power. Men can't actually get healthy They can't healthily power it up in the bedroom. Made me wonder why. 
Men are overrepresented in aggressive and criminal behavior. They are in more car accidents. They're in prisons more. They die by suicide uh, more at, at a rate of four times greater than women. And this, according to research done by Cross, Copping, and Campbell in 2011, is related to impulsivity. And as a result of impulsivity, their sex lives suffer. Impulsivity does not discriminate. Schoolboys are impulsive. Impulsivity accounts for suicide rates in men four times those of women. There's a direct correlation. Impulsivity just penetrated the the Supreme Court. And you know what? Men fear equality. A drug-addicted patient recently told me that feminism ruined his life. Feminism is basically about equality. And many men share this belief, subliminally or on some level. Let me remind you that 81% of women report sexual harassment in the workplace. We're not wanted there, basically. Female CEOs in Fortune 500 companies is 5%. According to research, one-third of employers think it's okay to ask a woman if she plans to have children. Let me tell you, it is not. You can't ask her if she's pregnant or if she's going to have kids. Companies are far more profitable when they hire women. This is according to research by McKinsey and Co., They demonstrated also that gender equality would increase the U.S. gross national product by 26%. Canada would benefit too. We may not have gender equality, let me remind you, in most areas, but infidelity is one area where women are making strides. 23% of men versus 19% of women. So I say, guys, work on your impulsivity to yell, to scream, to sexually harass, to rape. And if we do that, and you can deal with... uh, you know, not actually acting on your thoughts, perhaps, or settling down, reflecting, being quiet, thinking about how you're going to react to something instead of respond. We may have gender equality. And you know what? We just might make sex great again for you and for everyone else out there. So think about it. It's the impulsivity, I believe, that is causing a lot of problems in this world and in relationships. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on The Chorus. Radio Network. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me uh, on this turkey day, on this day where uh, I probably ate too much and (laughs) I'll be suffering those consequences for a while Um, when we overeat and don't get enough exercise. Uh, And that can happen to the best of us. You know, sometimes uh, you think that it's just your overeating and your lack of exercise. And sometimes it could be something else. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it could be uh, that you're just not getting enough exercise. Um, and we're going to we're going to get to that um we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the program with Dr. Eli Puterman, um, but who had very interesting research about exercise and how important it would be or that it is for, um, for people who are caring or the caregivers in somebody's life. You know, when somebody gets sick, especially when they're older, um, we... You know, we forget about the caregiver. We focus so much on the patient, if you will, and we forget that, especially if you're caring somebody, caring for somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia, that it actually can really wreak havoc on your own health 
on the caregiver's health. And I've had a patient in my clinical practice and she was just the picture of health. And her husband had Alzheimer's and she cared for him and, and, and she was just so lovely. And I was just heartbroken. I heard uh, one day she'd actually had a stroke. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on the program. But right now, you know, you can feel a little bit sluggish. The weather's changing. Um, you know, you can, maybe your skin is getting a little bit drier. Maybe you're having some uh, sexual desire problems. Uh, maybe you've gained a little bit of weight. Maybe you're feeling a little down. Well, uh, I think that it's important for people, physicians in particular, and patients to and sexual medicine specialists to be aware of the links between thyroid disease and sexual problems. You know, so many people are so embarrassed to talk about their sexual problems because uh, it's such a taboo subject still. I'm trying to m- make it uh, a little bit more mainstream. <laughs> How am I doing? Um, but it's not. People are embarrassed about it. They don't want to tell their doctor that they have low sexual desire or arousal problems or orgasm issues or erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation, any one of the number of sexual issues that can occur to people along the life cycle. Uh, But researchers have found that treatment of thyroid disorders often improves sexual function. And this study was published in this year as an article in press for sexual medicine reviews. They discuss sexual dysfunction in the context of two thyroid disorders. So hypothyroidism, H-Y-P-O thyroidism, is an underactive thyroid where you do not produce adequate amounts of thyroid hormone. And some of the symptoms include weight gain, fatigue, constipation, and cold intolerance. (laughs) And hyperthyroidism is an overactive thyroid, and that's where you produce excess amounts of thyroid hormone. And common symptoms of hyperthyroidism include increased appetite and weight gain, although you may lose weight too, but you also may get this gaunt appearance in your face. You'll have heat intolerance and nervousness. You may even get exophthalmus, which is the eyes bulging out, which cannot actually be... um, turned around if, um, you know, so it's important that you get uh, treatment for this. So that's a a lasting effect. Um, There were 12 studies that discussed thyroid disease and sexual function in men and women. And the study found that among patients with hypothyroidism, 59 to 63% of men and 22 to 46% of women experienced sexual difficulties. For the patients with hyperthyroidism, the ranges were Close to four, close to fifty percent to seventy-seven percent for men, and forty-four to sixty percent for women. Erectile dysfunction and ejaculatory disorders were common problems for men with both types of thyroid disease, and delayed ejaculation was associated more with hypothyroidism, whereby premature ejaculation was linked to hyperthyroidism, and that makes sense if you think about it. Um, hypothyroidism, things slow down a little bit, so you might have a delayed ejaculation, and where premature ejaculation is linked to hyperthyroidism. So if you have those symptoms... You may talk to your doctor about um, thyroid disease if you have constipation and fatigue and weight gain and and uh, delayed ejaculation. You know you can go to your doctor with this constellation of symptoms. For women, both hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism were associated with low sexual desire, poor arousal, poor lubrication, and orgasm 
difficulties. Of course, all of this led to low sexual satisfaction and it also led to pain during intercourse. Now, this one is tough because there may, this is why it's really important to have a physical exam by your doctor before you come and see someone like me. <laughs> um, before you go to a sexual, a sex therapist or a marriage counselor or a, a sexual medicine physician, although they should be doing a physical exam. I often, uh, when I work with GPs, I will ensure that they, and they typically have done, before they send them off to me, they typically have done a physical exam, um, lab work, blood work, because things like low sexual desire, poor arousal, sexual pain, they can be the result of, of menopausal symptoms like GSM or genitourinary syndrome of menopause. So, but... When this happens with thyroid disease, and, and you know, we hear a lot of people, they, they self-diagnose with thyroid disease. They, um, everybody thinks, they'll, they'll say, oh, I have low uh, thyroid. And it's like, you know, as long as you're within the normal range of the lab work, whatever lab you're going to, you are considered euthyroid, which is normal thyroid. So if your thyroid level, and, and a lot of naturopaths pull this, this is a... <laughs> This is a trick of the naturopaths. They'll say, you know, if, if the range, and I actually don't have the range because different labs have different numbers, but say the range is 0.5 to 4. They might say, your uh, thyroid level is 1.0. And so that's low. So you need to buy this natural thyroid supplement or whatever. They're going to sell it to you for $100. And it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to change anything. Uh, they can draw your level and tell you again that it's higher or just make you buy more. Um, so, but you know what? It's normal thyroid. So it's really careful. You've got to be really careful with this. You have to uh, be, see a doctor who is uh, well-versed in uh, thyroid disorders. And if you have to go to an endocrinologist, may I suggest you do. But there are some mechanisms that are associated with hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. And one of them is hormonal disruptions because they, both of those disorders, hypothyroidism or conditions and hyperthyroidism, may interfere with your hormones. So lower concentrations of total and free testosterone were found in men with hypothyroidism. Another reason to actually uh, be treated appropriately for with test, you know, for low testosterone and, and go to a doctor who understands it because it's very complex and intricate. Among men with hyperthyroidism, increases in sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG, led to relative hyperestrogenism, resulting in decreased amounts of bioavailable testosterone. So this is why it's important that if you are feeling, if you're losing muscle mass, if you're feeling tired, if you're gaining weight, you've got to go to see your doctor about these symptoms. For women with hypothyroidism, low circulating thyroid concentration is the most important factor that drives sexual dysfunction. So again, if you have low sexual desire, it's a symptom. It is a, can be a symptom of a greater illness. Hypothyroidism is also associated with hyperprolactinemia. That's high levels of pro prolactin in both men and women. And that can lead to hypoactive sexual desire disorder. Absolutely no desire for sex, no thoughts of sexual fantasies, uh, not enjoying um, sex uh, sexual events, uh, should you have them, <laughs> should you be so lucky. There are also some indirect effects and many patients with hypothyroidism feel fatigued and they can go on to 
be feeling depressed. And they are more likely to have metabolic syndrome, which is often a precursor to cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. So all of these can contribute to sexual dysfunction. So there's no reason to be embarrassed about having sexual symptoms. If your sex life has fallen off the bed, if you will, or if you know, you're not enjoying it, or you don't have desire or arousal, depression and anxiety associated with hyperthyroidism may influence sexual function as well. So it also can be the, the, uh, related to something that's related to the hyperthyroidism. So typically patients will be treated, uh, for hypothyroidism uh, with radioactive iodine, medications, they may need surgery. And for those with hyperthyroidism, um, they were often treated as well with medication. Sometimes they override your thyroid. Um, sometimes they remove it as well. But dramatic resolution of sexual function was found when thyroid diseases were treated. Sexual dysfunction among thyroid disease patients receives very little attention in the clinical setting, according to this study. And this study actually was pretty robust. So it's important that we continue to study this, that you're aware of this. There are so many areas of healthcare where sexual dysfunction, sexual symptoms are disregarded, not discussed, too embarrassed, um, you know. Uh, We are severely lacking the studies. We need well-designed studies that describe the prevalence, the pathophysiology, and the outcomes of patients with sexual dysfunction in these types of settings, in the clinical setting, especially in the face of thyroid disorders so or thyroid disease. Um, You know, the sexual part of people's lives seems to be so unimportant when it comes to things like, I I know patients are educated by their doctors when they have prostate cancer, but they hear cancer and they don't realize the impact that it's going to have on their erection function, thyroid disease as well. It's a, it's a, you know, a, a neglected area in part because patients are reluctant to talk about sexual problems as our physicians. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. If you want to give me a call, feel free. The number to call is 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. Hope you're enjoying your turkey day. Uh, Maybe I'm a little slow here after eating turkey. Troponin, which is what uh, is what you get when you eat so much turkey. It makes you sleepy and uh, slow. <laughs> These next two subjects are about me. <laughs> Because it's all about me anyway, right? Um, no, these I can relate to. And one of them, I didn't want to be that because it's associated with low self-esteem. I didn't want to be either one of them. But you know what? We have insight is the best thing. But before we get to that, we are going to talk to Alex from Coquitlam, British Columbia. Hello, Alex. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm good. Good. Yeah, I'm just listening to your show. I listen to you sometimes when I have nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. <laughs> That's a yeah. great segue into my two. <laughs> 
<laughs> my next subjects, five easy ways to escape the imposter syndrome trap <laughs> and how to be a people pleaser. Go ahead and make my day, Alex. Carry on. Can we hang up I, I on him? I don't think, I don't think I'm going to make your day. I might ruin it. I might ruin it. For- you're, you're doing pretty well, ruining it. <laughs> when you have nothing better to do, do you, ha- do you have to wash your hair? Why don't you do that <laughs> uh, instead of no, listening to the show? I'm not going to do it on Friday. I'll wait till Friday. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, go ahead, Alex. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Okay, listen, um, uh, you're talking about equality and everything, and I, I completely understand that. But what? there's a couple, just two questions. It, um, the first question is, about three weeks ago on CKNW, uh, there was a report, a Canadian report, that said that um, physical abuse happened, happens more, uh, more times to men than to women. And... <laughs> Uh, no, you no, sure no. you were listening? <laughs> yes. Go yes, ahead. Yes. Really? Uh, it's just that they're not reported, and uh, it's just not reported. The, the second question uh, is, well, what defines a homo sapien? Do you, do you have any idea? What two, like, there's probably only, I think, two things that defines a homo sapien. That's, that's strength and intellect, to start. Yeah. Okay? Now... As I see it, men have, not all men, but the majority of men have both. But women do not have the strength. And I was thinking, um, millions of men in history have died, millions, since the industrial age and just prior to that to now, picking up resources, uh, uh, building this world of ours. Now, now if, I think that if it was up to women in 2018, I do not think that we'd be living in a world like today if it was left up to women. <laughs> it might have happened. I, you can laugh at this, <laughs> but I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I can't. Because if there were, if, if, sorry to say this, if crap hit the fan, okay, mm-hmm. if crap hit the fan, I think, I think women would run to the nearest man. And I'm not a misogynist. I really am not. I'm just, uh, you know. I, I know. Re- you know what? Men have strengths and women have strengths. We're in this world together. We have to be equal. We are not. Unfortunately, one in six men have been sexually abused or assaulted. There's a social stigma and silence around male sexual abuse, and it actually results in lack of understanding, and actually it makes it much harder for men who have been sexually abused. Uh, As far as building and that kind of thing, you know, I mean, yes, men have more muscle strength, Mm -hmm. more testosterone, but that contributes to the rage as well. It's a much bigger topic, and I have to take the next call, but thanks, Alex. Hello, Nan. Uh, hi, hi, Maureen. Uh, one thing I want to tell you, I'm addicted to your show. Thank you. Now there we go. <laughs> That's a caller I like. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always try to. Uh, you are my you and uh, George Norris show, which is another <laughs> station, and yours, uh, your yours. Oh, I must make time for your show. Oh, thank you so much. And I like to tell you regarding that uh, judge. Uh, I was very saddened, you know. Uh, to see, to hear that, but uh, this is the only time women should mobilize, and now otherwise women will be left behind. I'm telling you that this is the only time I, women 
women should fight for their rights. I actually agree with you. I think you're right. I think it's time for women to be silent no more about this and to expose every single sexual harasser out there. I was sexually harassed in the workplace. I settled. I, I asked Jody Vance, who's also a, a radio host here, what do you think about all of us women who've settled um, lawsuits with, that have silenced women? Um, and she said, I think they should all be null and void. They should all be exposed. <laughs> so I like that, you know? And so the day I expose my sexual harasser, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be really surprised and not too happy either, given um, how he has lured a lot of people in and basically stolen from a lot of people. But anyway, I might be getting ahead of myself. Um, But I agree with you. I think women need to speak up. And now is the time. There's no time like the present. Well, thank you so much, Nan, for your call. I really appreciate it. Um, That was so nice of you to say. But regardless, I still feel a bit like an imposter. And that's actually a common psychological phenomenon where you feel like you're the only person in the group who doesn't have it together. Who doesn't feel this way? You feel like you don't deserve the good things that have come your way. You and you... The more others recognize your achievements, the more you feel like a fake. I have to say I have felt a bit like a fraud in my career uh, at times more often than I would like to um to think, and I don't think I'm the only person out there that feels this. And so I think it's important that we recognize that the syndrome exists. And, um, you know, with acknowledgement comes awareness and with awareness comes the power to manage your own thoughts. And you know what? We all have to acknowledge our capabilities. You heard Alex on the uh, call earlier. Um, if women were running the world, we'd be a wreck. <laughs> we wouldn't be there today. Um, but you know what? Men have capabilities. Women have capabilities. And so we forget that we're actually more capable and more Competent than we think, and be proud of your accomplishments. Remember, perfectionist perfectionism isn't real, and stop comparing yourself to others. And those are just a few tips. Um, aside from leading from within, a co- confidence comes from doing what we do best. And the only thing that can bring us down is allowing our own insecurities to keep us stuck. So you know what? Pat yourself on the back every now and again. You know it's okay to feel these feelings that you're an imposter. Um, what's much worse is if you're a people pleaser. And I check the box on that category, too. So when we come back after the news, I'm going to tell you how to stop being a people pleaser, because that can actually be depleting in your life. That can actually lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety. And guess what? I was really disappointed to learn that it's associated with low self-esteem. I hope you don't have that. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.